Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. Welcome into today's episode, everybody. So excited to have you guys here with us. Um, So, Matt, I think we're going to start today's episode uh, with the fact that Walt Disney World released a whole bunch of information about the 50th anniversary celebration. I think it's something about an 18-month celebration. Yeah, it's going to be... I I hope when I turn 50, I celebrate for 18 months. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's going to start October 1st. Uh, 2021 so this year and then it's going to last 18 months which makes absolutely total sense in my mind like they're they're anticipating that 2022 we're going to be way more open in terms of out of this pandemic and so they really want to drive the crowds in 50th anniversary is the perfect way to do that they really haven't announced much but the two big things that they did announce um castle's getting a little bit of a redo and the concept art looks uh, it's minimal but it's a nice you know touch up and the Epcot ball, um, you know, Spaceship Earth is getting a uh, getting some lights on it that apparently are not just going to be. Yeah, not going to be just for the 50th going to be, you know, and beyond. And then Mickey and Minnie got some new outfits. And I have to say they look pretty nice. I it's do. Like I a, do like their outfits. Their outfits look look really good. It's kind of like that iridescent material, right? Yeah, yeah. It looks really, really cool. So. I mean, I, I know I know a lot of people actually that are starting to plan their next parks vacation. And so if you are planning to go, uh, you know, maybe you want to delay until you can kind of see the 50th uh, festivities or maybe you're the person that says, no, 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 I'd rather get in before the 50th crowd comes and maybe you want to try to plan it beforehand. So just a little bit of info there. I know we talked about that in in the new year about all the 50th stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of interesting to see some of that news roll out. Yeah, it'll be nice to just see some normality come back to the parks. And, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do there, what they do in Disneyland, um, you know, as the vaccines become, you know, start to go from, you know, uh, less people having the vaccine to more people having the vaccine, you know, what that will ultimately will do and, and, and hopefully things, there's a sense of normality. So, but, um, anyway, uh, today's episode, we just wanted to kind of get that out of the way, but today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about, uh, the 2020 film, uh, that Disney Pixar released, definitely not the release that they were expecting, but the release that they got, uh, onto Disney plus, And that is the movie soul. Um, the latest Disney Pixar movie that came out in 2020, it released, um, I want to say was it October? No, December. It was like December 25th. It was Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Christmas day. Yeah. 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 Christmas day. So um, I know you watched it in December. I have not had not watched it until literally earlier this afternoon uh, to prepare for this episode. I, I, I don't know. I just was not as excited about this movie as um, other people were. It looked okay. It looked, it looked good. Um, but it wasn't one of those movies I was going to rush to the theater to go see. And it wasn't one of those movies I was going to rush to go see on my, on my Disney plus, you know, it it took this podcast episode to really get me there. Makes sense. I mean, it it really, it it is a little bit more of an abstract movie. And so the, the previews were definitely more abstract, Mm -hmm. but as you referenced, you know, this released on Disney plus in 20 and in Christmas day, 2020, It was supposed to release in June and then obviously, you know, pandemic pushed everything back. And then ultimately, I think they decided, let's put this on Disney Plus. And let me say this 
paid off for them. You know, um, so oh, yeah. Nielsen, which is the uh, the company that um, does ratings, you know, tracks ratings and things like that. They have a streaming service ratings, which has never made the news because it's always Netflix. It is always top to bottom Netflix. They have the most watched shows and everything. Mm-hmm. But the week of December, I believe December 21st through December 27th, Soul was actually the number one streamed thing, show, movie for that week with, I want to say like 1.6 billion hours watched. Like it was, wow. it, 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 a lot of people sat down and watched it. And that was a really big deal. Cause again, Netflix is king in this. Now it'll be interesting to see as things, you know, uh, as Disney plus grows that that'll change. But it, the fact that it took that number one spot for that week, big, big deal. Well, and I think too, uh, they just released some numbers from January that, that Disney has hit its four year project projection of like 95 million or something like that. Subscribers, like literally just over a year. And, and they were saying that was in January and, they were saying that was not accounting for all of the additional um, uh, traffic to Disney Plus for WandaVision, which from what I'm understanding is is like the number one watched show in the world right now. Um, oh, it's, we're, we're it's gonna do yeah, a, it's, it's blowing up the world by storm. <laughs> we're going to do a recap of it here in a couple of weeks when it's all done. But, I mean, they've, they've got gold. They could just print whatever they wanted with this show right now. But um, anyway, that's not what the show we're talking about. We're obviously talking about soul and, and, but like I said, I, I just, I did not have the, the, I think they did it right in terms of how they released it. You know, on Christmas day, people were home, they were able to watch it um, for Christmas week. Um, they, they haven't made their money on it. Um, just looking at the box office returns, unfortunately, you know, $150 million budget. They only made 104 on the movie, but like you said, getting those subscribers to Disney plus they are probably seeing a huge benefit on the back end, which is really what's making them the streaming service and, and why they're really relying heavily in the streaming technology. And that's really hard to calculate with any movie, not just soul, but any movie that is direct to Disney plus, how, you know, how much do you account for, mm-hmm. you know, you, how much it costs versus what it's bringing in? I mean, I think this is the challenge, you know, another movie we're not talking about today, but like every the, the screaming from the fans is put Black Widow on Disney Plus, just put it on Disney Plus. And I think their hesitancy to not shows how much money Marvel movies make in that it doesn't make enough back in the streaming services to make it worth it for them to just stick on Disney Plus. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I they could probably... I, I think a movie like Black Widow, they could put as a premium item on Disney Plus, and I think that they would be fine. I think Black Widow's got enough demand pent up for it, but I think they're still trying to figure this out. I think they're, you know, Raya and the Last Dragon is going to be another one of those. Like, they're going to put it on Disney Plus at premium, you know, do people go and buy it? You know, Mulan failed miserably, but I don't think that was because it was twenty nine ninety nine on Disney plus, I think it's because it was Mulan. I I agree. I I really think Mulan was a bad example of it. I think Raya and the last dragon will be an opportunity for them to test new content. And then if they have to do black widow, if they have to do it, 
I think Black Widow would probably be the one that probably is successful because of the pent up demand that's been there. Yeah, um, I agree. So, um, so Soul, um, yes. I guess it, initial initial impressions, just kind of very vague overall. What did what did you think of the movie? Well, I think before we even get into that, I think just there's a few call outs here. So directed by Pete Doctor, same guy who directed Inside Out, who coincidentally is going to be another movie we're reviewing here in the next couple of days, which is one of my all time favorite movies. I think the voice cast was absolutely astounding. Uh, Jamie Foxx. I didn't realize that, that was uh, Tina Fey as 22 until after I saw the oh, credits. Really? And I loved the fact that Felicia Rashad was his mom. And I was like, oh, that's, you yeah. know, that's Mrs. Huxtable. And then, um, or, or the lady from the Dino Institute, whichever one you want to refer to her as. And then Angela <laughs> Bassett as Dorothea Williams, which I think did an amazing job um, in that role too. So I think, Man, I think she, her voice, she's getting a ton of Disney work. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's got, a, she's like the female equivalent of Morgan Freeman. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how I, I, I guess it's just like, I think about her. I just watched so much stuff and I'm like, oh, Angela Bassett's in this too. Holy cow. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, you know, I remember seeing the previews for this when they were in the Disney store and I remember you and I even having a conversation about it, you know, oh, it's probably going to be, you know, very similar to like inside out. It might even be like a spiritual successor to inside out. Um, it wasn't in my mind. It, it, it definitely had different notes and different, different, uh, just overall, um, uh, overall different vibe. I think the, there are parts of the movie that are drawn or animated absolutely beautifully. And then I think there are other parts of the movie, like the abstract characters that I think are, are was a cheap way out. I, I didn't like them. Um, so I think overall, when I, when I think kind of overall impressions, I told Nate today, um, it's not what I thought I would on an A to F scale, I would give it a B minus. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of in the same realm as you are that it, it wasn't what I expected. And it, it is, you know, like I said before, it's a very abstract movie. And so there, there are parts of it where the, there's just, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it, you really have to like think a little bit about what's going on. And it, one of the things I love about Pixar is that you know, to use a baseball metaphor, they never strike out. Even their bad movies are like, they put the ball in play and at least like hit a single or, you know, it, 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 it you know, they, they, they didn't, they didn't totally miss. We'll have to agree and, to disagree on that one, but okay. <laughs> which, which movie would you think was, a, would be a total strikeout? Um, well, you know, in Pixar, I, you, you know how I how I cannot stand anything Monsters Inc. or Monsters University. I, I think that those are total strikeouts in my book. Now, obviously, you think they're they did well, total but, strikeouts. Yeah. Wow. I think, I think those are total strikeouts. I think The Incredibles, same thing. Um, not not a oh. fan of The Incredibles, but I, again, I know you love them. But for me, the, they're 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 movies that I would never ever watch unless somebody forced me to watch them. Um. This movie but it, is kind of in the category of Wally for me, where it's you got to be in the mood to watch it. Like, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I would agree with that. I, I, I think, I, I think what I'm getting at here is okay. While you don't necessarily, you think Monsters Inc. and um, Incredibles are strikeouts. They're in terms of like the Disney company, they aren't. Yeah, but think about um, but think about any movie Disney's made in the last fifteen years, any animated movie, Disney or Pixar. 
Has there been a total strikeout yet? Um, for in the last 15 years for Disney and Pixar, no. But I think that's what makes Pixar so unique is that since they have started making films, I honestly think the closest thing to like a total absolute bomb would be The Good Dinosaur. And even the good that dino, has, probably, yeah. has okay parts. Yeah, I mean, I, I like The Good Dino. But again, I've not. Here, here's the thing. And, and I've said this before on the show. I'm just not a Pixar guy. I don't. I think what it ultimately comes down to for me, when I look at Pixar's vast library of work with very few exceptions, I'm just, I don't, I'm not sold on their work. I, I, again, beautifully, beautifully animated. I just, I've never found, I've never found resonance with their stories other than Toy Story really. And then Finding Hmm. Dory. Um, But when I look at their entire body of work, you know, it, it was inside out. Pixar or was that just Disney? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's probably the one. Ex- I think of all the Pixar movies out there, that's probably my favorite. And I think, and, and I don't know. And here's the other thing about this movie. I think one of the reasons why maybe I, I'm I'm probably underwhelmed with Soul is that a lot of people after watching it, it, it was all over social media. Oh, it's such a good movie. Oh, it's so good. You're gonna cry like crazy at the end. It's you know, it's so emotional at the end. I didn't really get all that emotional at the end. Like I, I actually waited through the darn end credits thinking there was going to be something emotional, like he was gonna catch back up with 22 or something. And I'm like, that didn't happen. Like, what what the heck? Like See, I, I think so- you and I are on the same. You and I, while are on widely different pages in terms of our love for Pixar, for this movie, I think we are on the exact same page. Okay, that it it's a it good movie. Definitely not definitely not bad. But I I agree with you. I I don't know. I, I didn't like even come close to crying. Um, like don't get me wrong. It was a feel good story. Um, definitely very an inspirational thing of you know thinking about what makes life worth living and Mm -hmm. you know who are the people that make life worth living what are the things that you do and in terms of me you know i'm being a a classically trained musician and my wife literally being a middle school band director there were a lot of things that were more of a personal connection to me and even still like I, i didn't feel the like emotional connection to the point where i'm highly emotional near the end of this movie well, and I think, you know, again, back to this, the idea of 22, like 22 goes to earth. Obviously she's going to be born a baby, right? I, I would have loved to have figured out, seen a way for the two of them to be able to reconnect. But to be honest with you, I also felt cheated too. And I know we haven't really gotten deep into this yet, but I kind of felt cheated that he got his quote unquote second chance to go back to earth. Like I felt the arc he should have at that point, he, 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 he learned and it was time. It was time for him to move on to the great beyond. I, I felt like it was almost a cop out to send him back. I, 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 you know, I, I just, it felt, I don't know. It felt really contrived to me, you know, and I almost wonder if I'm being generous by giving a B minus because the more I think about it, the, the more, like there's just several parts of the movie where they, they felt shoehorned. Like even the part where he gets angry at 22 and and says you know the reason why you got your earth pass is because you were living it through me like that felt off that didn't feel like his character at all yeah it it, there there definitely were some things that felt shoehorned i would agree with that um i mean i guess in terms of when i start ranking this movie 
like, okay, you know, anytime with Pixar, I look at, okay, well, if I'm going to rank this in, you know, in, in Pixar movies, okay, well, is this movie better than Toy Story? No, I don't think so. Is this movie better than Inside Out? No. Is this movie better than Coco? No. Is this movie better than Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, um, you know, Cars, like other movies like that? And I started saying, well, no. And so then I go, well, if it's not in the top 10 of my Pixar movies, it's very much a middle of the pack movie. Yeah. Um, like, and, and so I, let, let me be clear here. If you have not seen this movie, I, I think you should watch it. Um, I, I think Pixar does some very interesting thing. There's some nice moments. We'll get to our favorite parts in just a minute. But, um, I, you know, we talk on this show all the time about rewatchability, that the mark of a really, really good movie is I can watch it over and over again. I can get home from work and be like, what am I into? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to turn on this movie. And this movie just doesn't have that for me. Agreed. hundred percent. And, and, and I mean, I would probably put this above, above Monsters, Inc. for sure. I would put this above Incredibles 100%. But you know, beyond that, it is still middle of the pack for me. It's not better than the toys, any of the toy story movies. It's not better than any of the finding Dory. It's not better than inside out. It's not better than Coco, like you said. So it falls middle of the pack for me. Um, it's funny. I know we're going to get to our quote unquote favorite parts. I don't have one. Like it, it all kind of fell equal to me. Um, I think it was funny that he was in the cat's body for a while. I thought that was kind of <laughs> kind of humorous. And I guess maybe from an, a sentimental perspective, I did like the scene when he's getting his haircut, uh, or what well, she's in her haircut technically. But you know, there, he, she's in the barber chair. He's in the barber chair, and and you know, he's in control. And then you know, he has a conversation with his barber friend that you know they've only ever talked about jazz, but he gets to know his barber friend a little bit more because she's the one in control. She's the one in the driver's seat. So I did kind of enjoy that. I thought that was kind of a, a good, you know, story of, you know, don't, don't just assume that the way things are, the way they always have to be kind of, you know, I, I kind of like that. I, yeah, I, I, I think, but I really didn't have any really crazy favorite parts. What about you? So this is a really, again, personal thing. They nailed what being in a middle school band room is like. <laughs> um, many of our listeners may have not been in a middle school band room. Again, my wife is a middle school band director and I've substitute taught before. So I, I, I sub for her class a lot um, when I did subbing. And it, 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 it is exactly like that. Exactly like that. That scene is 100% what being in a middle school band room is like. And so, again, just from a personal point, I was like, I, I appreciate this. They they nailed it. And from what I gather, you know, the opening credits, the da 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 da, da is played by an actual middle school band. In, really? That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. And so it's definitely sounds like it. So I enjoyed that. Um, I mean, musically, too, I think that the jazz in this, um, the the jazz music in throughout this film is really, really well done. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I do. I yeah. do enjoy the scene when he kind of gets he gets kind of, 
you know, grooving a little bit with Dorothea and, and you can kind of hear his, like when he's kind of auditioning, I thought that was really well done. I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah. And, and, and just from an animation standpoint, the fact that they take the time and the care to animate correctly, that it's not just a trombone doing slides. It's not just a saxophone pressing buttons. Like from what I gather, it's, that's how they animated how you would play the instrument. And, and, and I I think this is kind of, you know, to go back of how we think this movie is just good. It's, it's because the really great parts are these like really just nitpicky things. And so again, when I get home from work, I'm not like, you know what I want to see accurate animation of a saxophone. (laughs) Just that's just not what I'm into Um, right now. I'm very much into getting home from work and turning on the Muppet show. Um, oh, like that's, I tried. That's... I tried so hard today. I put I put an episode on, and I was so bored. I was okay. so bored. I put on the first episode, the Rita one, and oh he, yeah, he's doing the, the... that dance. She's doing that dance with the the crazy. First of all, when did Muppets grow like human legs? That that's new to me. I've always oh, yeah, I never yeah, realized yeah. that they, they. I mean, other than Sweetums, they didn't realize there were life size Muppets. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the, totally different the episode, one. the episode you need to watch there's there's three episodes that you should, that, that I would say, give it, give it another chance with these three episodes. The one with Mark Hamill, the one with Steve Martin and the one with Elton John. All right. Uh, those, those are the three that I, that, that you should, you should do because I want, they're, I want the Muppet show, not the one from the seventies. I want the one that they did in like the nineties. That's Muppets that's, Tonight. I want that one. That one was the one I grew up on. Like, that's the better one in my mind. Like, that one had, like, Sandra Bullock. That's when they do the Menomina with Sandra Bullock, and she goes all crazy. I remember that when I was a kid. You need to put that one on there. Oh. I mean, I'm hoping so. All right. So I, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to derail that's this okay. into uh into no, a, okay. so I, I want to a Muppets conversation. I, I wanna I wanna just address a broader thing here, real quick. And I want to get your thought on this. As I was watching this movie, do you feel that recent Disney and or Pixar movies with very little exception, I would think even Moana kind of goes there, but with very little exception, Wreck-It Ralph would probably be the one exception. I feel like they've gone away from the zany, the, the fun, the, 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 how do I want to put this? They've gone away from just good old fashioned, sit down, kind of immerse yourself in a feel good story that's not too heavy to this other side where almost every movie that they come out with, they've come out with in the last several years has been, it's, it's trying to have this moral arcing backdrop to it. That <laughs> This is one of them. Um, Frozen, I think, had it too, that, that, that idea of, of becoming into yourself. I think Moana is probably the one exception to that, although it still has that background a little bit of, of, you know, of, of make, make the most out of, you know, what you want to do in your life. Coco was all about these family bonds. And I just, I feel like Disney is trying to, like, they really want to make you cry in all of their movies. They're, they're, you know, what happened to the good old fashioned movie from Disney that is just to, you sit down and you have a good time. Why, why, why does it have to have that other emotion there every time? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I, I sorry, I, I'm listening. I, I pulled up the list of just like I just Disney films, and um, y- you are right. Like, 
I, I mean, and even when they don't like try to go full throttle. So like, I mean, Coco, like you mentioned, um, Incredibles 2, I'm kind of blanking on how that ending was, but I don't think that one was as emotional. No, um, I think I think that one wasn't as bad, but you're right. Um, but I think but more but, like but but overall, you, the the point you, you're right. Like Toy Story four, Frozen two, like they're 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 really trying to be a little bit more, um, like really tug at your heartstrings, and yeah. I, I I think it's discounting. It's discounting then when a movie is truly emotional because. I I, I I agree with you. Every movie, I shouldn't go in crying. And I wonder or, how I, much of it goes to your, you know, we talked about this, the Disney villains theory we talked about, and you've talked about it several times. I wonder how, I wonder if they're trying to substitute that evil villain, that, that, that bad guy for this other emotion of sadness, this other emotion of pulling on your heartstrings. Like, like when you think about, movies that had like major villains again we talked about um you know aladdin we talked about scar or uh, lion king we talked about hercules we talked you know there there's there's a there's a story there don't get me wrong there's always a, there's always an overarching story but i don't walk away from aladdin crying with emotion like i walk away from aladdin feeling good and it's a good adventure it's full of magic right i don't walk away from beauty and the beast necessarily crying because of they they're pulling me into this other emotion i walk away you know believing in true love like i'm just i don't know i just i feel like the theme <laughs> of of the of the 2000s has been substitute the major villain for gonna teach you a, a, a moral story of how to live your life and gonna pull on your heartstrings to do it I, does that make well, sense no, I think you're absolutely. And this is a. This is my eye. My eyes have been opened. The scales have fall off my eyes. Sorry. First of all, I have to. I have to insert this here. I. I just love the image that like me and Casey are sitting on a couch and and uh and the the beast transforms into the man and we're just like sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! That's just true love. I just, oh. just, I, just I, that, that's a great image there. Um, anyway, no, I, I, like you, you're, you're right. I'm just now realizing this. And even, you know, you said the 2000s. It's not the 2000s. It's honestly not until like the mid 2010s that this starts to happen. Huh. Yeah. And and maybe even it starts with I mean, we're, we're going to uh, maybe this is the beginning of a two part episode, but it starts kind of with Inside Out, who I think does it really effectively. But uh, you know, you you look at the early 2000s, it starts with in the year 2000, it literally starts with, all right, we have an emperor and he gets turned into a llama. And that's the pitch of the movie. And yeah. then and then you get like, the, I think that's one of the reasons why I really love the Emperor's New Groove is because it's a zany movie. It's yeah. just it's just wacky. But like, I even, leave like, it and, like, even like Lilo and Stitch. OK, it's got yeah. the whole fan. You know, I'm no fan of Lilo and Stitch. But it's got the it's got the you know family part of it. But it's a wacky movie. It's it's got a fun character in it. It's got fun characters. They go on a fun adventure. I just I don't know. I just I feel Is the like last as I'm watching this movie today, I'm sitting there going, why do I feel like I've got to emotionally prepare myself when I go into a Disney movie? It seems like lately, and 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 this might be one of the reasons why 
I held out from going to see or watch the movie is it's just this like I wasn't necessarily emotionally in the right place to go see it or to watch it. No, it makes it makes sense. And that's and that's not what um I that's not sometimes what you want out of a movie. And I think that's one of the reasons why the 90s films have been such have such great staying power is because when I don't want to be emotional, I can just throw on Aladdin or Beauty and the Beast yeah. or Lion King and it's fun. Um, you know, I, again, Emperor's New Groove for me. I, I throw it on and it's just fun. Like there's, it's, who it's not like. Ro- who framed Roger Rabbit for me? Yes. It's the same thing. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and it's not to say that there are not emotional moments in there. Yeah. But that's not the root of it. Um, can I ask this? Is Mother Gothel the last like real villain in Walt Disney animation and even Pixar animation. Like, um, I'm trying wait, to think hold on. Of, I thought I didn't princess and the frog come after Rapunzel. No, no, or? no. That was before. Oh, nine. Was and then, before. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess theoretically you could say Hans, but he really wasn't a true villain. I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't, he, I mean, Hans was kind of a villain from frozen, but not, not really like, he he was more of an antagonist. He was like he was like a like a like a he was like a um a downgraded version of Gaston in my mind. Uh, yeah, well, and and you don't see him like in the Disney villains. Like he's not no. teaming up with Maleficent. So I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think the the the, the singer from Coco maybe the the guy who sings Remember Me. Not, not yeah, the, and, and but I think it's again he's the same thing as as Hans where. You think he's fine through the first 60% of the movie and then it turns. And I, I think that's fine. But, you know, I I love the Disney villain that is, I mean, we know Mother Gothel is the bad guy yeah, from yeah. the beginning. But yeah, I think your like, point's taken. I don't, I don't. And this makes me wonder if Disney as an animation studio, both Disney and Pixar, if they've made the decision not to to elevate the villain anymore, which blows my mind <laughs> you know oh, like I, I don't understand that we and we just did a podcast on how in, insanely popular the disney villains are the, the real it, test will be ray on the last dragon if there's a villain in there because it's an it's an I, orig, it's an all new original story i mean when was the last time we could say that and yeah. it's an all new original story it's not sequel driven thank god i think we're finally past some sequels for now but if her if her story is a journey of self awareness versus battling some you know bad you know what villain, uh, you know then I'm going to be upset because well, this is a prime example of having a villain. Well, I don't care whether she discovers stuff about herself. Like she can have an emotional journey, but then just also have a villain in there. I yeah. mean, I think I think Belle and Aladdin and. Um, and Ariel and all these characters have an emotional journey. Just there's also a villain there. We can have both. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for soul, the closest thing we had to the villain was Terry. I mean, come on. Like he really wasn't a villain. He was just trying to get his numbers right. Like that, that's the thing is I think I, I keep thinking really hard about, you know, your, your thought process that what makes a really good movie is the compelling villain and when it's missing it's noticeable but so i mean i know that this was supposed to be a conversation about soul overall but i think soul is just a 
consequence of decisions that Disney has made for some of their movies. And don't get me wrong, the recipes worked. I mean, Inside Out didn't have a villain. We're gonna that's another one we're gonna be talking about in a little bit on, in a future up episode. It worked, but you could that recipe only works so so much. You can't do it over and over again. Like yeah. make something new. It, it, yeah. Soul Soul in my mind is a good a, a, a good not great movie. Like the, yeah. the more that I marinate on it it's 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 one that if if someone if i were to go to a movie night and somebody be like hey we're watching soul i'd be like oh okay that sounds good and uh, if i'm in Ep- and if i'm in epcot i'm absolutely checking out the the monument to jazz like did um, onward, yeah absolutely onward did onward have a villain uh no yeah well we no 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 it didn't. if it did we'd remember that's the thing is like <laughs> i'm staring at an onward plush right now i'm staring at the dragon puppy and i'm like wait onward i completely forgot about onward because again it was the first of this disney plus problem that we have but no it didn't it did not have a villain i mean it had a final battle the 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 thing i enjoyed about that one more is there was some action to it and there was like a final battle with the rock dragon so while it wasn't like a villain like there to me that one was at least a little bit zanier and yes maybe that's honestly a better example of how they had this zany idea, but then also connected it emotionally. And maybe that's why I liked onward better than yeah, onward would have fared so well if it would have been in the theaters um, during the non, I know it started in the theaters, but during a non pandemic, it would have fared so much better. Yeah. So it, <sighs> if you haven't seen soul and you have Disney plus, I mean, I, you have to kind of be in the right mood for it is kind of what yeah. we're saying, but I, I would, if you haven't given it a watch, I, I would give it a I watch. I would say too, don't, don't necessarily watch it with your kids if you're not prepared to have a conversation about what happens when you die. I mean, like that's that's like that's the other thing. It's it's a very heavy movie and it goes into stuff about what happens after death. I mean, for crying out loud, the little little bouncing ball things before they go to Earth are bouncing around saying hell, 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 hell. I mean, like that came out of nowhere. H E double hockey sticks. Hell, hell, hell. Like, like where did that come from? Yeah. I'm, it was just yeah, weird. It, I did it, I did love yeah. the part where they um uh when they're putting them through the the personality buildings and one of them is like self self aggrandizing or uh what was it it was um I don't know it was like basically self deprecation was it yeah, no no it wasn't self deprecation it was like self it's uh, aggr- uh, like uh, darn it but but basically the one of the Jerry's goes we got to really put we got to stop putting so many people through this one. I thought that was really funny. And it had to do with like someone like being a narcissist or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, there, there's clever moments. Like yeah. it, it just, it just overall just, and even I would say that joke was good, but some of the other jokes just, I don't know, just kind of fell flat for me. So it, 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 it yeah, it's just, it's, it's good. Not great. And they completely missed an opportunity to make one of her mentors be Walt Disney. Oh yeah. That they was, totally that, that was a home run. Made- they totally could have made one of her mentors be Walt Disney and they didn't do it, but all right. Well, um, closing time. Uh, how do they get a hold of us, Matt? You can send us an email beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. You can follow us on all of our social media, Facebook beers and ears podcast, Twitter and Instagram at beers, ears, 1928. As always, if you get a chance, please rate and review us five stars, five stars. It really does help. 
Um, tell your friends about the podcast. We're we're fastly approaching our 100th episode uh, Disney Imagineering story extravaganza. Um, don't want to miss out there. And our one year anniversary as well. Lots of great stuff. So uh, uh, stay tuned. Get get social with us. Stay connected with us. Beautiful. Let's go ahead and raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again real soon. Bye, everyone.